Have you noticed this? That no sooner do you set your heart on something you consider exceptionally valuable and meaningful than the sacrificing starts? You start to voluntarily give up interests or ideas that you know will not get you where you want to go or that you know are in the way of getting there. With that in mind, let's ask the question, how is it that Jesus could come into the world knowing that he was going to experience a combined physical and spiritual suffering, the likes of which no human being would or could ever experience? In the book of Lamentations, we read something that I think is messianic. Quote, Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look around and see. Is any suffering like my suffering that was inflicted on me, that the Lord brought on me in the day of his fierce anger? Unquote. So how could he do it? Friedrich Nietzsche gives this quote, He who has a why can bear any how. If you know that your suffering is in the interests of your greatest aspiration, the greatest good you can envision for yourself, your deepest longing, then you will get through it no matter what. In other words, if your suffering is for the sake of something exceedingly meaningful, and valuable to you, you will get through it, come what may. And what do I mean by you will get through it no matter what? I mean you will not become bitter, resentful, angry, or discouraged over what you're going through. You will actually lean into it. Consider this analogy. Suppose you have a young man whose deepest aspiration is to be a standout tackle on the football team. His coach gives him an intense weekly weight room regiment to work on. The more focused he is on his goal, the less the suffering in the weight room will bother him, right? But if he goes into the weight room, resenting the hours he has to commit to that and complaining all the while, doesn't that call into question just how deep his passion is for being that outstanding football player? In Hebrews 10, verse 5, we read, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. Notice that Jesus knew that what God was going to ask of him was not external to him, burnt offerings and sin offerings, but rather, quote, a body you prepared for me, unquote. That is to say, God, what you really wanted was me my whole self, to be offered up. So when the time came, did Jesus grumble or complain? Quite the contrary. The Apostle Peter, an eyewitness, reported that, quote, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. 
When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Unquote. And what did he say to God on the eve of his trial and crucifixion? Not my will, but yours be done. So in coming into the world, he says, I have come to do your will, my God. And in the face of unspeakable suffering and death, he says virtually the same thing. Notice, no complaining, no bitterness, no resentment, no anger, no discouragement. Let's ask, just what was God's will? Clearly, it was something that Jesus valued so much, that was so meaningful and important to him, that he was willing, without a single complaint, to put his whole life on the line to gain it. And the Apostle Peter goes on to explain what that was. Quote, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. In short, he went through all he went through so that we could be restored to friendship with God. His sufferings were not for him. They were for you. Then we read, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So what were his steps? Three steps come to mind. Number one, to start with, what God really wants is not something external to you, like your time or your possessions. He wants you, your whole self, your friendship. Number two, he wants to imbue you with a vision for your life that is so beautiful, so valuable, so meaningful, so captivating, and that runs so deep within you that come what may, you never complain, grow bitter, resentful, angry, or discouraged. And we can say this much about that vision, that as with Jesus, it has to do with living and suffering whatever it takes to see others come home to friendship with God. The third step has to do with the daily process. Again, as with Jesus, he wants you to voluntarily give up interests or ideas that you know will not get you where you want to go, or that you know are in the way of getting there. You see, Jesus' big sacrifice didn't come out of nowhere. It rested on the shoulders of myriads of small ones, where in the face of temptation he would have been constantly praying prayers rooted in the Psalms. God, please deliver me. And, God, have it your way, not mine. 